God who answers our prayers. Are you a part of the 40 days? We have almost 100 individuals, several churches plus us here involved in this. We have people from around the globe involved in this. Let's be praying. Let's take part. Let's be active in the 40 days of prayer. I'm already anticipating what great things our wonderful God will do for us when His children unite in prayer. Now, I'm excited. I'm excited about what will take place starting next Sunday. It's our virtual PTP 365. It's God's vision for Hot Springs. We are taking some of the very best classes that have been presented at Polishing the Pulpit in past years. We're going to project them up on the screen here for people who want to come to our building or they can watch online. And uh, you're going to have some great class. How could we make our PTP even better? by bringing Bible investigation to it. Bible investigation is one of our most popular Bible classes that we do online. So we're going to do six Bible investigation classes during PTP. We're going to do three next Sunday that I will do. And then Billy will do one Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Now, we have cherry-picked the best questions. So these six questions are dynamite questions. You will want to be here, if at all possible. If you can't be here, watch online. Because these questions are great questions that you will want to hear for sure. Now when I started Bible Investigation... I already kind of imagined some of the questions that we would receive. And I was a little surprised that the question that we're going to do tonight took so long to finally come to me. But it finally did. The question came to me. And the subject line of that email got my attention right off the bat. Let's notice the question. The subject line is the first few words. The subject line was, Hey, Michael, I, I think I caught you in a mistake. Now, if you see that, Drew, if you see that in an email, you want to read it, okay? I want to read what mistake I made. Doesn't the word for, F-O-R in English, in Acts 2.38, doesn't it mean because of? Thus, we are already saved before baptism. We're baptized because we're already saved. Now, that's his question to me. Do I agree with his statement? No. And I think I can convince you, I'm still working on him. We're having an ongoing uh, conversation for the last six weeks, okay? This started six weeks ago, and we're still talking. Uh, actually, uh, we talk by, uh, by Skype uh, once or twice a week. Now, he believes in faith only. He believes that all it takes to be saved is to have faith. 
Now, this position right here, this argument, is one of the four basic arguments that people who believe in faith only will make. So tonight, we're looking at his argument based on Acts 2.38. We will have three other in Bible investigation classes on the other three positions that they take, and we'll look at those at a later time. Now, before we go into this, let's go back to Acts 2.38. By the way, I'm going to remind you constantly about the 40 days of prayer, okay? A little picture there to remind you. Before we get into this class very deeply tonight, this sermon, let me express my appreciation to Alan Webster and the late Jimmy Allen for uh, help uh, with this lesson. So uh, a lot of these points I borrowed from their material. Now, let's look at that verse. What are they talking about? Look down at the bottom, underline, for the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, they say it should read because of the forgiveness of your sins. The English word for there, F-O-R, the English word for comes from the Greek preposition word. We would say it in English, we would spell it E-I-S, and we would pronounce it as ice, okay? Now, folks who believe in salvation by faith only they contend that the Greek word there means because of. In other words, that is, one is baptized because he or she is already saved. I believe, I believe the word for means that baptism is in order to be saved. I believe the word for points forward to our forgiveness of sins. In the English language, a preposition usually points forward. For example, I could say to my grandchild, I gave you $20 for your school lunches this week. What do you mean you don't have any money for, for meals? I am saying I gave you $20 for what? Forward for the purpose of purchasing those school lunches. In the Greek language, in the Greek language, the word ice is never used in the New Testament to point backwards. And if you are going to be a faith-only person, you are saying that it points backwards. Now, I could give you a long, boring list of scholars who agree with me. In fact, in my office, I have made a list. The 10 largest Christian faiths in the world, and I have picked at least one noted scholar from each one of those ten faiths. Let me go ahead and summarize what all of those scholars say. Here's what they say. The Greek word ice does not point backward 
to what has already happened. In other words, salvation at the point of faith. But it points forward to what is about to happen. That is salvation at the point of baptism. In other words, if you are baptized later because you thought that you were already saved, that's not New Testament baptism. If you were baptized because your friends were baptized and you wanted to be like your friends, that's not New Testament baptism. If you were baptized only to join a religious group, whatever the group might be, that's not New Testament baptism. What is New Testament baptism? It's a person, male or female, who understands right from wrong, who believes in God, who believes in Jesus, who is sorry for their sins. They want to change their life. They want to repent. They're willing to confess that Jesus is the true Son of God, and they're baptized for the express purpose of the remission of their sins. Let's take a look at the root meaning of this word. What's the root meaning of the word? The preposition ice means in order to attain. We do it in order to attain something. What are we obtaining? We are obtaining the remission of our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. Now, I like to use the Bible to, uh, to clarify this. Let's look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. Because in Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, Jesus will say a phrase here, and it's almost the identical phrase that Peter says in Acts 2, 38. Let's look at it. Matthew 26, 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. We have the basic phrase that Peter used right there. Now, let's substitute people who believe in faith only. They say that word means because of. Well, let's substitute the phrase because of into this expression. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many because of the forgiveness of sins. Does that make any sense? If that was true, why did Jesus have to die if already the forgiveness of sins was possible? If that was true, why would Jesus have to go to the cross if the forgiveness of sins was already possible? You see, it doesn't make sense. Did Jesus die because the world was already saved? No. He died in order for the world to be saved. The same expression right here is basically the same expression in Acts 2.38. It's pointing toward, pointing forward. In fact, let me say this. The preposition, the preposition when appearing between a command and a blessing always suggests in the New Testament 
that the command must be obeyed before the blessing can be enjoyed. What's the blessing? The blessing is forgiveness of our sins. To have our sins wiped clean. To start with a clean slate. That's the blessing. So what's the command? It's to repent and to be baptized. Faith only. Faith only cannot explain the urgency of baptism as seen in the book of Acts. They can't explain why there's a sense of urgency. Now, what do I mean by a sense of urgency? Acts 2, we have 3,000 people baptized in one day. Now, logistically, it's possible. We've already figured it out. Mathematically, it's possible. But it's going to take a little doing. It's going to take a little effort. If baptism was not essential, if baptism was not required for our forgiveness of sins, Peter and the other apostles should have said, okay, we'll baptize this group on this day. We'll baptize this group the next day. We'll baptize this group on the next day. And this group over here, you'll be last. They didn't do that. There was a sense of urgency. Look at the man from Ethiopia. When he saw some water by the side of the road, water that um, I would say likely was not the cleanest water around. It's in an area that's very dusty and dirty. He wanted to be baptized right then and there. He didn't want to wait to get back home to clean water in his home. He wanted to be baptized right then and there. Or how about the jailer? The jailer, Acts 16, he was baptized that same hour. It's after midnight, folks. Let's get a little rest. Let's take a nap. We'll get baptized later in the morning. He didn't want to do that. He was baptized then and there. And then look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, when he was told finally what he needed to do, he didn't want to eat. He'd been three days without food. He didn't want to drink. He'd been three days without drink. He wanted to what? To be baptized. And then they had some food to eat. You see, there's a sense of urgency. My friend, and we have developed a friendship. My friend who sent in this question, he struggles with this point. He doesn't know how to answer my counter-argument. He can't explain why those people wanted to do it like that. There was a sense of urgency in the, in the book of Acts. Also, faith only cannot explain, cannot explain Matthew 7, 21 and Luke 6, verse 46. What does Matthew 7, 21 say? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. We have talked about the will of the Father. We have talked about the commands. And there it says you can't just have faith. You can't just say, Lord, Lord, and be expected to enter your reward. 
You see, it takes more than just faith. How about Luke chapter 6? In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? You see, faith only struggles with these two verses. Faith only struggles also because they can't explain James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 14, beginning. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? Drop down to verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? I have reminded my friend of those Jewish leaders, the priests, who believed in Jesus. They believed in Jesus, but according to John, they would not act on their belief. They did nothing about their faith. They believed, but faith didn't cut the mustard, as the old country boy says. They did not act on their faith. They didn't take it any further. And on top of that, faith only cannot explain Acts twenty-two sixteen. Here we have Saul, Ananias. It's been three days. Now, question, why did it take three days? Why did it take three days for Ananias to be told to go see Saul, who we know better as Paul? I can't answer that for sure. Here's my opinion. I think Saul, or Paul, let's just call him Paul. I think Paul needed those three days to do a lot of soul searching. I think he needed those three days to do a lot of soul searching about what he had done against Jesus. Remember when he got that vision, Jesus said, you're persecuting me. You thought you were persecuting these people, you're persecuting me. I think he needed those three days to really start down that road of faith. And I think he needed those three days to really start down that road of repentance, that road of being willing to confess Jesus as King of King and Lord of Lords. I think he needed those three days to get ready for baptism. But when Ananias finally comes to him, notice what he says to Paul. He says, and now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. You see, faith only would have Saul's or Paul, Paul's sins already washed away. Faith only would have Paul already a Christian. Faith only would have Paul already saved. But Ananias says, you've got a sin problem. Only way to deal with that sin problem is to wash them away. To be baptized. You see, faith only 
Faith only has a lot of holes in the argument. Stay tuned to Bible Investigation. We'll be looking at the other three main defense arguments for faith only in the weeks to come. I will give you a little preview. I think we can defeat each one of the arguments because I believe faith only doesn't save. Faith only will not get you to heaven. Faith only is not what God expects. He expects our loving obedience. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you got to believe, that's the faith, but you got to repent, you've got to confess, and you've got to be baptized. Baptism is the one thing that the world often leaves out. They will agree on faith. They will agree that, yeah, you need to repent, but they'll leave out baptism. That's not going all the way. You've got to go all the way. As a Christian, we have that added bonus that we can seek God's forgiveness when we sin. All we got to do is ask Him and He will forgive. 1 John 1, 9. This church wants to pray with you and for you. James 5, 16. Jim's got a song designed to encourage you to make a decision. We pray that you'll make that decision tonight as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Amen. Mm -hmm.